This is Melissa Ho interviewing Nancy Holm on August 30th, 2020 for the Smithsonian Institution Archives of American Art Pandemic Project. And Nancy is speaking to me from her home in San Francisco, California. Uh, hi, Nancy. Uh, thank you so much for taking time to do this. It's really nice to see your face. It's nice to see anybody's face these days. Um, <laughs> so, you know, as, as I explained, um, you know, the, the effort of this project is to capture for the record how the pandemic and the other circumstances of this year are impacting artists in the United States. So um, I'll start just by asking, you know, how have the past months been for you? And how have you been caring for yourself and your family at this time? Uh, it's been hard. Uh, it's been difficult to uh, concentrate, frankly. Um, I, f I feel like uh, I have two things on my shoulder, you know, one is um, my normal health issues, which uh, for some reason exacerbates the COVID uh, symptoms. So, you know, I have a heart condition and I have high blood pressure and all the things that they say um, would um, make me most vulnerable to COVID. So that's on my shoulder all the time. And uh, the other thing that's on my shoulder is fear. Uh, fear of what's happening in this country, fear of uh, going out, fear of people not wearing masks. And so I walk around with these two fears and you know issues on my shoulder all the time. And behind that fear, is the big one that, you know, the specter of death always behind me. Um, and I've never, you know, I've, I've had this condition for about five years now. You know, uh, I, I have a temporary, I had a temporary stroke, which thankfully is not uh, permanent. But because of that, there's always been this, you know, specter of I could die any moment, but now it's very strong. And um, it's been hard as an artist to, to work past that. It's like walking in mud, you know, to get past that and to move forward. Uh, because I used to move forward with a certain optimism. And now it, it's, um, it's kind of dawning on me that I may not survive this virus, which is, you know, kind of, pulls me back sometimes and rearranges my priorities too. Um, those that's some days, um, other days I feel better and, and uh, find the strength to go on. And what has been sustaining me is that up until last week, I was babysitting my grandchild three times a week. And when you babysit a little baby, you know, is very, very uplifting because you, you feel like um, your, your life is fresh and all you do is play and you know, life is very simple at that age. So that's been really sustaining me. I don't know how I would have done it without her. And 
they moved to Sac Sacramento. So we'll find out how I do without her. Oh, so that's a big change then. Yeah, it's, it's been a crazy month because it's helping them move, it's babysitting a lot more so that they can pack and move and um, trying to wrap my head around uh, them being gone. It's not that far away, it's about two hours away an uh, hour and a half if there's no traffic. But still, it's another city, and I, I just feel like, um, you know, we've bonded so much to my grandchild that... It How just, old is your granddaughter? She's 10 months. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a lovely age where she's just beginning to, just, you know, stand and discover things. And you really can't be sad when you're you're around her but it, it's been um a real blessing to be close to my daughter and my son-in-law you know we usually have dinner together after the babysitting is done and so that that's been a real stable force in our lives and helps us um keep grounded and and uh, and we'll see we'll see what happens in the coming months um, of course, we'll take trips often to see her, but um, there, there are fires in this state. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that may prevent us from, you know, going to Sacramento on a, a, a more regular basis. But I'm trying. I'm trying for at least once a month so we don't miss any of those. Yeah. yeah. Babies that age, they change so much in a month, so... Right, right. Um, have so we. We're, I'm talking to you at a moment of of real um, transition. You're just about. It sounds like you just sort of finished one chapter, and and the the pace of of week to week, day to day life is 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 changing. Um, mm -hmm. Have you been managing to make art during this time? Um. Yes, I have. Um, not as uh, not as regularly as I used to. I tried when the um, pandemic first hit in March. I I went into my regular mode of um, okay, I'm gonna make art and bring the community together and and um, you know get us through this you know with some kind of grace, but. Um, it didn't work. I, I have been doing for the past oh eight to nine years these huge floor mandalas. Yes, I involved the entire community in uh, helping me make it, and and uh, that's the whole idea uh, behind it that we all own this art piece. So I thought I couldn't do it in a pandemic, but I could I could do the whole mandala, and everybody just give me. A, a little square to put at the uh, outer rims as I usually have them do. And I thought it would be easy because they don't have to do it to a certain size. They can email it to me uh, or post on Facebook and I would just size it correctly and then show the finished piece. But I didn't get many uh, participants and mm. it, it was surprising to me and I figured that um, People were still trying to cope with this phenomenon, you know, we're mm. not used to being so isolated. 
And so, um, so after several attempts, I, I kind of gave up on, on uh, doing that. And I realized that my community-based artwork has to change. So I created a mandala for myself, uh, a little two-foot one. Um, and what I did was I, I had created a, um, a Buddhist mandala. It's all Buddhist iconography, has Buddhist mantras and the deities and a, a small Buddhist man, mandala so that I could say prayers every night for those who have died. Originally it was going to be those who have died from COVID, but it, it has expanded to um, whoever has died. Um, and so then I asked Facebook friends to submit names and people were willing to submit names of, of people dear to them or people that they've heard about um, who have died. And so it becomes um, interesting. It's, it's a perpetual mandala because there are always people dying. Yes. And I, I change it every week and I say prayers uh, for that uh, group of people. And it seems to be, um, I've been told that it seems to be very healing, uh, even though it's a small one. And I, I don't even show the mandala anywhere. I was just going to ask you what, you know, what are the means to, to, to share it um, with, with others if there, if, there, if there are means right now? Yeah, I, I, I can show it and I, I probably will. Uh, because it's it's a live um, prayer, um, it felt real personal to me. Mm. So I didn't feel the need to show it as my artwork, per se. Um, whereas the other mandalas, it was my, you know, my artwork, my identity as an artist. Uh, this time is more like, is my Buddhist uh, practice, you know. Uh, but I I. Um, I will share it because I finally have a good picture of it, hmm. uh, but only as an afterthought, not as the main thing. I feel like uh, uh, having the names, I post all the names that I'm going to um, say prayers for that week. And I post it on Facebook so at least people know who I'm praying for. And it, it has helped me most of all, because it, it grounds me every night, no matter what is happening, or <clears throat> sometimes I get upset at the news, but I will always end the night in prayer. And I will always end the night in connection with these people that, that uh, these names that have been entrusted to me, you know, by people that I know. It's, it's a different kind of community involvement. Um, is not the same as having a, a big show or, or um, it's, it's not like uh, anybody's ooing and ahhing over your artwork. And interestingly enough, nobody has actually asked to see this mandala. Hmm. You know, they they uh, just trust that I have this mandala and that I am saying prayers. And, and uh, I think enough people have seen my artwork. I've done several Day of the Dead pieces, um, and I've actually recycled those pieces. So they know about the changing of the names. They know about uh, how I, I honor 
um, the, the names and the people who have died. So I think they trust that my mandala will look similar and they can visualize in their heads what I'm doing every night. If I could ask you um, another question about community, are, are you, I mean, it sounds like you are still connecting, finding ways to connect with people. Are you, are you seeing people? Or are you staying very isolated um, among your immediate family? Um, are you finding new ways of connecting with community at this time? Um, I, I um, am mostly with my family. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I don't even go shopping. It's, you know, I'm really into self-preservation at this point. But I do have a few uh, Zoom groups that I'm part of. One, one is a creative arts group that I'm part of. Um, there are 10 of us who used to get together. We're the kind that go to openings and, you know, we share each other's artwork. And so it seems natural that we would share on Zoom. And we meet um, three, every three weeks or four weeks, and we each do a presentation on Zoom and we talk about art and, you know, um, some of us are writers and, and we also share writing. So I have that group. I have another group um, that's a movie group made of similar people, but we used to get together mostly at my house to watch movies. Um, but now we have to see the movie and then we get together and talk about it online. So that's, you know, that's another way to at least maintain some contact that's outside of um, my family. I have uh, many Buddhist teachings and talks that I attend. It's been actually very good for the Buddhist community because mm -hmm. I'm listening to to teachings that I would normally never have the time or money to go to. And, and so the Sangha has really expanded. I'm also part of another group um, called Deep Chat, where we get together and talk about death in all its aspects, um, which may sound morbid, but actually is very uplifting to um, get together and have a community that really can honestly talk about this taboo topic and because um, we all know it's in the back of our minds all the time but it's from a buddhist perspective so it's it's not um it's not something that we're afraid of but it's is more making friends with this inevitable um thing that we're going to go through and trying to understand it so i i don't do a lot of zoom um but other Zoom meetings are about uh, listening to music and, you know, they're more passive. They're, you know, us listening. But in terms of interaction, those are my three main interactions. I'm also participating in a group art project. I'm creating uh, tarot cards uh, for a deck. Uh, it's organized by uh, Adrian Arias and um, he gathered some artists to um, create a, a tarot deck 
based on either the pandemic or um, the, the racial tensions of the day. It's been kind of interesting. It's been very hard for me to do in between the babysitting and the, you know, everything else, but it's been a good exercise for me because um, I is again another connection to community in a, a different way. Group projects are one way to do it, and also it helps me think about um, uh, metaphysical or spiritual iconography that can express this time. You know, it's very challenging, but when it's done, I always feel like empowered. Uh, you know, by the cards and the message and the way I portray the message. So but do that, you know which card you're um, creating? Uh, I, I did, I'm charged with doing three. It was supposed to be seven, but I couldn't commit the time. So I already did um, the Wheel of Fortune, um, but in, in, a, in a way that uh, shows the perpetual struggle that we are in, um, and I'm working on the Ace of Cups and also um, the Ace of Wands. So I got the mm. aces. Yes. <laughs> Real fortune uh, is, is incredible. Um, and it's, it's, it's been a, a very good exercise for me. Uh, and it keeps me busy. I, I, I first said yes because I wanted to take my mind off the pandemic and the news and everything. I find that I can't. Uh, I can't um, just not look at the news. So I'm trying to do this and uh, have my mind occupied with um, the news and, and I look at the pandemic charts and we look at the air quality charts every day. I do. So there's a lot on my mind, but um, at least there's art that's going to come out of it. The yes. writing that I do, um, that has taken a back seat. I, I thought I would write a lot more in this period. Um, but the worst, I need some time to reflect. Um, and I don't feel that I have that space right now. There's so much going on that you can barely catch your breath and then the new, next headline will appear. So I, I, I'm looking forward to a time when I don't do anything, but just sit with all that's happening and then reflect. So that probably is what I'll do in the future. And of course, you're a longtime activist and as an artist, um, you know, your, your practice has been deeply engaged with social and political issues and realities. Um, perhaps you need this time to reflect, but I'll, I'll ask anyway. Um, mm -hmm. How does this compare to, to other crises that you've encountered and, and lived through? What, and does anything feel different to you this time? Are you talking about the pandemic? I'm talking about the pandemic as well as the um, the actions, the call for for racial justice, which um, of course is not new, but um, 
has is having its own chapter right now? Mm -hmm. Well, the pandemic, um, I've never encountered such a pandemic before. Um, usually other crises, and we've had, you know, many crises through the years. We've had each other to hold on to, you know, we've, we would go and hug each other and, you know, there would be ways to um, just to find comfort. And I, I think that's what's most debilitating about this pandemic is that we're forced to connect like we're doing now online, um, but we can't really see each other. And so, um, I'm lucky that I, I do have a computer and I do have uh, these resources, but I feel for the people who don't because then you're really, really isolated. You can't even comfort each other at a funeral. And so I think this pandemic is um, especially hard on all of us as a community. And it's, um, I know there are marches, I know we can still organize um, but for those who can't go to a march, like I can no longer go to a march, it's, it's been frustrating, you know. So the only connection I can do is to post a lot on Facebook or try to share information and, and use email and all these computer resources. But there's nothing like face-to-face. Uh, to convince people or to um, just rally for a cause. And there's nothing like getting people together and feeling the excitement of being together. Um, in terms of the racial inequality and everything that's happening in the world, um, we have entered a new chapter and it's a very um, terrible chapter. I, uh, I just posted today that uh, People who have gone through uh, escaping from authoritarian regimes are taking it especially hard because it's almost like PTSD. Um, and, you know, before we could be, you know, just la-di-da walking down the street, the sun is shining and we don't feel it. But now we feel it every day, um, whether it's through um, direct racial confrontation or um, by looking at the news and seeing that this racial inequality and all the racist acts are actually um, condoned by the highest office. And so um, it's, it's, uh, you can't say, oh, it's happening over there or is those people, you know, it will come around to happening to you, you know. I haven't personally this year encountered racial, um, racial slurs or anything like that, but I have close friends who have been victims of uh, racial attacks. And so it's just one degree of separation. It's just a matter of time. And I, and I feel that um, the more the administration condones this 
and actually um, um, actually um, helps helps it along with uh, everything that people are saying, then uh, I, I feel like it, it's almost like a green light for um, for this these actions to happen. So that's that's the main thing I feel you know that the tension is whether we can uh, mobilize and stop it, and yet we're hampered by the the pandemic, you know, otherwise there'd be millions in the street, but, you know, a lot of people can't do that. So, and, and yet, um, because also the, the, you know, the ones who support these racist acts, they also don't uh, take the pandemic that seriously. So they are the ones who are mobilizing in the street. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's like this tension of what do we do and, and how well can we do it. And I'm also worried uh, about um, uh, our resistance to um, the racial inequality. Because in the past, we would all stand together. Um, but now I find that there's even a split, even with the progressives, you know, that some people are are still fuming because they didn't get the right candidate in, or you know, uh, squabbling amongst ourselves. Whereas there's a bigger issue out there, and I really wish that we would, you know, get together and and fight that issue. Um, but now that we're so splintered, um, and it, you know, is it's also because of all these lies and, and the media um, uh, kind of reporting uh, even on the lies and social media, especially, you don't know what's true or not. Uh, we've splintered into a lot of different groups. We've um, yes. um, different things. So, so it's harder, it's really harder to you know, form coalitions and, you know, march as one. Um, I know we had all these differences in the past, but we were able to get together and march as one. Uh, so I'm hoping that uh, that as it becomes more and more blatant, uh, that we will put aside our differences and, and uh, truly fight to, uh, to keep our democracy. I, I mean, we're really at that point. Yeah. We, yeah, no, we have to. Um, Nancy, thank you so much uh, for talking to me today. Um, is there any last thing that you'd like to st state for the record um, while, while I have you? Um, it's hard to think. <laughs> You've covered a lot of great territory, so. Yeah, I, I, um, I mean, maybe just to say quickly, I mean, what do you think you'll remember most from this time? Uh, well, I hope in the future, I will remember this as a, a certain anomaly of history. <laughs> um, but I, um, if there is one wish I would wish for everybody, 
is that um, just like with my mandala work, what I want people to do is to um, just take another view, you know, you know, pull back a little bit and take a bird's eye view of the whole situation and to realize that we are all interconnected and interdependent in this society. So um, we have to hang together, you know. Yeah. Um, so that, that's the takeaway from, from my art and from uh, the situation. I, I feel like we need to take a bigger bird's eye view and really see how we are interconnected with each other. Read. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you.